name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today is the third Sunday of the new Coptic year. And as you've seen the themes of the year, kind of the church is kind of helping us and guiding us to start the new year with our, with our eyes on our Lord, with a focus of working on our spiritual life. Today we hear a story, a, a very famous story, a story that we, we all know about a tax collector named Zacchaeus that climbed on a tree to see our Lord. And as he saw our Lord, the Lord approached him and spoke to him and his life was changed. And this story is not one of those stories that is hard for us to find ourselves in. As we read the scriptures, as we pray, as we study the Bible, our goal is to see ourselves in the Bible so that our life may be transformed as well. And in this story, we see a man who was very successful, but was a, a chief tax collector. And we know the connotation that a tax collector has, right? It's very negative because it's not like tax collecting nowadays where no one actually is happy about you know, paying taxes, but a, a tax collector were more of, in the sense of like they were cheating the people. They were collecting more than they should or, within, or with, uh, with, with high interest and things like that. And so as we look to this man, we look to a man who was living of a life not according to what God has called us to do. A life, whether it's the career or his lifestyle or whatever, there's an aspect of it that, or the whole picture of it is against how we're supposed to live as Christians. But something triggered him to go up on that tree. Something happened for him to say, I need to see Jesus. I need to go and be transformed. I need to go see our Lord because I know if I see him, all I need just to see him, I will be transformed. You see the, the, the beauty in this. We see a lot of people when they heard Christ, they went to where he was going to be. But in this story, something very interesting happened. It says, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of a short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. There's many aspects to this part, besides the fact that we know that he was short. He wanted to see Christ so badly that he ran ahead of the crowd, figured out which way our Lord was going, and then climbed up the tree. Now, why would somebody do this? The first aspect of getting closer to our Lord as we work on our relationship with God, 
we have to be dissatisfied with the situation that we're in. Anybody who's in a very comfortable situation, anybody who does not realize that there's any type of brokenness will not seek healing. None of us go to a hospital. None of us go to a hospital if we're feeling good. Imagine going to a hospital, checking into the ER, and they ask you what's wrong, and you tell them, nothing, I'm fine. Their first reaction is, go home. What are you doing here? And this is sometimes our mentality when we come to church. As we know, St. John Chrysostom says, the church is a hospital. And so, unless we realize that we're broken, unless we realize that we are in need, unless we realize that we are dissatisfied with our lifestyle, there will be no change. If this tax collector, if Zacchaeus did not see something that needs to be changed in his life, if he was, if he was happy in his situation, do you think he would leave his job, take a day off, and go follow a crowd? Of course not. Of course not. We have to ask ourselves, are we happy with the lifestyle that we live? An even more important question is, is God happy with the lifestyle that we're living? The way we're speaking, the what we're watching. There's a very, very common quote that people use all the time. What would Jesus do? It's not a matter of asking that question so that we can put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. It's asking that question so I know if Jesus does this, then I will do it. If Jesus would not do this, then I shouldn't. This dissatisfaction is what allows us to start realizing that I'm broken, I'm in need, I'm sick, and I need to go to the true physician to help me, to prescribe, to help me, to, to, to heal me. We have to look past the mob of people. In our society, we, everything is a, this majority rules, this majority rules. If everybody is doing one thing, then I will do it. And this happens, and, and, and the media knows this. So they'll show like larger groups of people doing something. So when I'm watching that, then I realize, well, the, everybody's doing this. Then I should be doing it as well. Or even the way social media happens. If you've noticed, nowadays, everything is based on trends. And this has been the case for a very long time. I remember being in, in uh, like, a few weeks before school would start, and somebody would be, you know, in a commercial or in a show or a famous athlete or whatever would be wearing a certain shoe or, or something. And everybody, when school started, had that item. And now these trends where it's people are 
recording the same action that they, like, one person does it, gets 100,000 views, so we all do it. We have this mob mentality. There's a mentality called a mob mentality, where a crowd is doing something, a lot of people are doing something, the initial thought is, this is exciting. But our Lord taught us something very important. He said, he told us, the mob will be doing something. The mob will be doing something. But how are you going to react? Should we just follow along or stand out? Are we following the crowd or are we standing out? There's an age-old question that people ask. If all your friends jump off a bridge, would you jump off? Seems funny to, to even ask that question. But I promise you, most of us would say yes. Or most of us would say, no, that's silly, I wouldn't do that. But then when the time comes, sure, I'll follow whatever my group of friends are doing. And the response to it is, I'm satisfied with that lifestyle. I'm satisfied with what my friends are doing. I'm okay with it. I'm not being forced. So the first way for spiritual growth or transformation is to ask ourselves, are we dissatisfied? The second thing is to have a deep desire, a desire for God. Once I, I'm dissatisfied, I look for answers. What moves me to satisfaction? What moves me? What is my desire for? If my desire is for God, then my lifestyle will show that. Then I'm going to act on it. I speak to people who say, I want to work on my relationship with God. I say, great. Okay, come to church. No, I'm busy. I... Sundays, uh, I can sleep in. Okay, so then we have to question the desire. If I have truly a desire for something, I'm going to act on it. Zacchaeus sought Christ. He could have been, he couldn't desire God and then just said, okay, well, I'm too short. I can't see him. Forget it. But he climbed on the tree. And I love I love this story because of this concept. He climbed. I don't know how many of us have ever climbed a tree. I haven't. Maybe others have. I'm sure some of the deacons have. But the idea, the idea of climbing requires strength, requires agility, requires the ability to, to be creative right? To pull yourself up. Many, many people who try this type of process might not make it the first time around, might fall down, might hurt themselves, but they climb back up. That perseverance is necessary with desire because many of us say, I want to be with God. And usually in the start of something, the start of a new year, the start of a, a, of a new project, the start of a new job, the start of a new relationship, the start of a new anything. And I say, I want to get closer to God. But what do we do about it? How do we do it? 
Is my desire strong enough that I will work hard? Desire is very important because it requires us to act. It leads to action. We have to ask ourselves, is my desire leading to action? I want to get closer to God. Am I reading my Bible? Are my choices in tune with that desire? My friendships? All of these things. After the desire comes a a dedication or a discipline. A dedication or a discipline. Our church teaches us that there is a structure. Whether here in church, through the liturgy, or a structure at home through our Agbeya prayers or our Bible reading, a structure in the liturgical year, the hymns of the year, the readings of the year, the lectionary, we have a structure. And and our church even guides us that there is a structure with our fathers of confession. Many of us have the desire. We have, we're dissatisfied with our life. We have the desire. But then what? Where's my, where's the action? The action requires discipline. I will be at church early in the morning. Church starts at eight, I will be there at eight. I will come to take communion. I will read my Bible at home. I will attend Sunday school. I will serve in any capacity. I will push myself to reach a point where my desire and my actions match. The hardest thing in a Christian life is the dedication. Because the consistency is the the most important. But many people will say different aspects. Some people say that dissatisfaction is the hardest thing. Realizing, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were saying, Abuna, like, there's people who are completely comfortable in life, completely comfortable. How come, you know, somebody who's atheist could be a millionaire? The question is not about the outside. What about who they are as a person? Are they satisfied? Are they satisfied? Probably not. St. Augustine says, unless, unless we are filled with you, like we seek you always. We have kind of like a cross-shaped hole in our heart. I'm never satisfied unless I'm in you. So the idea of, of being dissatisfied that leads to desire, that leads to a discipline or dedication is very important. Zacchaeus here desired to see Christ, got on the tree, climbed up the tree, 
and saw Christ. After he saw Christ and Christ approached him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Imagine what Zacchaeus felt. Imagine coming to church and praying and struggling through life and saying, God, I need help. And then God making it clear in this way and saying, today, today I will be with you. Today, salvation has entered your house. Now look at how he, how he came down. So he made haste, came down, and received him joyfully. This is the last part. Do we receive Christ joyfully? Or we do it as a chore? Do we receive Christ joyfully, or we do it as a chore? And I say the word chore, knowing that many of us have chores at home, right? And many of the chores are not the most exciting chores. We're not the most happy when we're doing the chores. But it's not about the chore itself. No one is, you know, super excited washing the dishes or cleaning their rooms or doing laundry. Like, I can't imagine somebody, like, I can't wait to do this chore. But it's about who you're doing it for. It's that love that guides us towards this lifestyle. And so if we look to, if we look to, the, to our Lord and we truly love him, then it's not going to feel like a chore. We never want prayer to feel like a chore. We never want reading the Bible to feel like a chore. We never want any attending a Bible study or anything like that to feel like I'm forced. No one forced Zacchaeus into this. I'm sure he had people talk him out of it, to try to talk him out. Are you kidding me? You have, you're, you're chief tax collector, you're the boss. Where are you going? You're too short, you're not gonna see anybody, just stay here. He said, no, I'm, I'm going and I'm gonna do this. So I pray that during these, as we start this new year, as we look to the Feast of the Cross tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, we look to see how we could also carry the cross in our own lives, that we ourselves have struggles, that we, are, we realize that we're dissatisfied with our lifestyle and we want to be transformed like Zacchaeus and glory be to God forever, amen.